From the Financial Times in London, I'm Martin Arnold, the FT's banking editor. This is FT News. Barclays is facing criminal charges for a second time from UK authorities over its 2008 emergency fundraising, raising the stakes for one of Britain's biggest banks in its legal battle over the cash injections received from Qatari investors that helped it to survive the financial crisis. Joining me in the studio to discuss the latest charge against Barclays is Laura Noonan, our investment banking correspondent, and Barney Thompson, our legal correspondent. Barney, there's two different charges that the SFO has brought against Barclays and its former executives, including the former chief executive, John Varley. Tell us about the two charges and what they relate to. Okay, so this takes us back to the height of the financial crisis between June and November 2008. The markets are in turmoil and Barclays turns to private investors to shore up its balance sheet and to try and avoid a UK government bailout, which is what various other banks eventually turn to. And it raised in two fundraising rounds several billion pounds from a range of investors, including Gattar Holding, which was part of the state's sovereign wealth fund, and Challenger Universal, which was the private investment vehicle of the former Qatari prime minister. Now, it's two related deals linked to those fundraising rounds that have become the focus of the SFO's investigation. One is something called advisory service agreements that were paid to Gatter Holding, which were initially not disclosed. They only came to light some years later. And a $3 billion loan from Barclays to the state of Gatter in November 2008. So the implication there is that Barclays was in effect using investors to loan to itself, which it's not allowed to do under UK rules. Barclays Group and four of its chief executives were charged in, I think, June last year. And we were waiting. This has been quite anticipated, this charge against Barclays Bank, PLC, and it's finally come around. And that is to do with the $3 billion loan from November 2008. OK. And Barclays, the parent company, was already charged with this illegal financial yes. assistance, yeah. but it was also charged with another charge, which was a fraud charge, right? That is to do with the so-called advisory fees that were initially not disclosed. Over three hundred million pounds of advisory fees. Three hundred twenty-two million pounds yeah. of advisory fees over five years. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Laura, tell us about why this is important. The main thing about this new charge is the entity it has been levelled against. So this charge is against Barclays Bank. Barclays Bank is what holds the regulatory licences. So there are particular implications to having a regulated entity having a criminal charge against it and having a criminal finding. The other charges were either against, there was four former executives and there was also charges against Barclays Group. Now Barclays Group, while it's at the very top of the Barclays companies, it doesn't actually hold the licences. So from a regulatory perspective, having a Barclays Bank charge does take it into new territory in terms of what could happen. So if they were to have a negative finding against Barclays Bank, that could have an impact on Barclays' ability to continue doing the business of a bank. Yeah, I mean, we have not seen criminal charges brought against a British bank before, so it's very hard to predict what the outcome would be for Barclays were it to be found guilty. And we're still quite a long way, at least a year away from any court date. So it's very hard to predict this, but we have seen in the past several banks plead guilty in the US to various charges, and yet none of those lost their licences. And yesterday, the market was pretty relaxed, wasn't it? Shares in Barclays ended the day up, I think. 
In the US, the nearest was BNP Paribas, which lost part of its licence for a period of time when they weren't allowed to do some dollar activities. But it wasn't overly onerous on the overall group. Barclays very much seems to be taking the view and the view of the market seems to be that the FCA is not going to shut down a bank the size of Barclays over something that happened 10 years ago, 11 years ago by the time this thing comes to court anyway. So they're basically taking the view that while there are theoretically a lot of things and there may even be things that you might do to a smaller, less important bank than Barclays, the chances of Barclays actually getting any of the really serious criminal sanctions would seem to be pretty low. You also mentioned that there are various US cases. So Barclays is one of the only banks that has refused to settle. So We've seen a lot of large European banks and US banks pay billions and billions because they agreed that they had missold mortgage bonds pre-crisis. Barclays is saying it will not settle, so they're going to take that and see how far it plays out. They've also dug their heels in over the tenure of the Barclays chief executive, Jez Staley, who's had some issues of his own. So I think the board has shown that the board is willing to be brave and take its chances on the big issues. Now, just one last word, Barney. The SFO is, is at an interesting point in its time with the chief executive of the SFO approaching the end of his tenure there. And they had a bit of a setback recently in the big case against Tesco. So perhaps people are speculating that this latest charge against Barclays is an attempt to go out on a high. I think the point to make about the timing of this is not so much whether it's being squeezed in before David Green leaves which I very strongly doubt that it is, and more just how long it takes for these things to be investigated. This activity took place between June and November 2008, so that's nearly 10 years ago. The charges against Barclays Group and the four former senior executives were only put in June 2017 We're a decade on from the financial crisis, and yet we're still seeing the ramifications of the financial crisis. We're still seeing regulators investigate. The SFO is running a number of investigations that are taking a very, very long time indeed to reach charges, let alone trials and then verdicts if we manage to get them. So the lesson, I think, if anything, is that the wheels of justice turn very, very slowly, but they are still turning with regard to the events of the financial crisis. Okay, Barney and Laura, thank you very much. That was a segment of the FT Banking Weekly podcast, which comes out every Tuesday and can be downloaded from all the usual podcast apps. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. 
Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com.